0: Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. Today's podcast is sponsored by Lit Lovers, the foremost book club website where information around literature comes together in a community of book lovers. In an effort to bring books to the screen, ScreenThoughts.net and Lit Lovers have joined forces to provide book groups with the combination of book and movie reviews. Take your book group to the movies inspired by the books you are reading and let the conversations begin. I guarantee you that at some point, everything's gonna go south on you. Ready? And you're gonna say, this is it. Go ahead! Go ahead! This is how I end. Commander is dead. We have to go. Yeah. Now you can either accept that, ah! or you can get to work. And this month, even though the movie's not playing in that many places, it's coming very soon uh, to pay-per-view and on-demand. And this month, the book is The Martian. By Andy Weir. Right. Now, why don't you lead off here, O'Toole? What, What did you think of the book first, and then we'll get into the combination of the movie.
1: When I first started reading the book... And you are reading the journals of this astronaut who has been abandoned on Mars. His crew thought he was dead, rightfully so, and had to take off in a dust storm. And this man is alone on Mars trying to stay alive. So you hear his journal that he's keeping. And as I was reading it, I started thinking this is a little bit like the Diary of Bridget Jones for Engineers. (laughs) Oh, that's so clever. I like that. Yeah. I thought the number of things you need to know to stay alive on Mars, the fact that you can't uncap a Sharpie and write something outdoors on Mars because the temperature combined with the toxicity of the Sharpie, you'll die of the fumes and you can't put your drill against a metal table because you could short the entire space station. When I thought about the level of knowledge you need. I thought, you know what, I would have just taken the cyanide pill. I would have taken the cyanide <laughs> pill and <laughs> called it a day. But um, interestingly, it reminded me the book a lot of the last Lit Lover selection we did, Room, because as I was reading the book Room by Emma Donahue, of course, you feel the abandonment and the despair of the mother and son being held captive in that shed. And Uh just the same, I felt his abandonment on Mars. And just when I was beginning to get tired of it, they released me from that isolation and the plot opened up and we're back with the NASA command center.
0: Perfect timing. Yeah. One of the things that I find interesting about it, and then we can get into the movie portion too. So I thought to myself, I'm so sad that after we landed and walked on the moon, we didn't do anything in the last 40 years since. I wish we had continued and I wish we'd gone on to Mars. And secondly well, we did land
1: I, we did land the Land
0: Rover on Mars. Well there's no person in it. It's not the same thing. But here's the thing, it's not even the point. The point is that there was there was something great about the American excitement about sending a guy to Mars, you know, a person to Mars, and that was exciting. But the other thing that I loved about it is we're in such tumultuous times now. And to see everybody come together to try to sit, you know, I thought that part was fat. I I love the excitement of everybody banding together to get, you know, which we all do. You don't have to be American human beings love saving things, you And know? I loved that
1: that's how the book
0: ended, yeah, where yeah. they just spelled
1: out the fundamental yep. human need to help each yep. other out.
0: Exactly. And you could feel it, and I loved it, and I've missed it, and we're not seeing that a lot in books, so maybe, I felt like maybe that was the theme that made it be such a good book,
1: book group book? Do you think that was it? I found it very very interesting, just in terms of what you need to know to be able to survive. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think the book also capitalized on what is really some people's greatest fear. When you ask that question, some people will say, waking up on the planet alone. And that is the premise of this book. Oh, God, I'd love every minute of
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) I... You know, as somebody who spends a lot of her time with other people, uh, God, the thought—you know—sometimes I thought a oh, prison sentence wouldn't be so bad. I'd have a lot of alone time, and I'm sure that's not even true. But, but my, yeah, but, I could just you know, see you
1: start in the Martian, and you'd be like, no, no, no need. I'm good. I'm good. See you in four years. I remember hearing the story once about a man who had two sons, and he said it was so interesting watching them play with his movie projector, and one of the little boys would sit there and watch movies. All day, and he was mesmerized by the image on the screen. Uh Whereas the other son went into the room and he was captivated by taking the projector apart. (laughs) And he loved Uh having every little screw on the table and then trying to reassemble it. And I thought, it's that son that you would want in that space station trying to solve all these problems of how to get back. It's so
0: funny that you're saying that because the reason I felt like he was okay in the book and the, and reading the book helps to sort of show that, but, but it's very well portrayed in the movie is his mind is so busy with all of his to-do lists to make sure that he's going to be there in two years, mm-hmm. four years or what, you know, four years, I think it was, but I was thinking they could rush it and get there in two, but, um, <laughs> he is so busy in his mind. There's a lot of time to get lonely. You know, he's, Having those conversations with himself about succeeding. So and I, I thought that
1: was, yeah. I, I totally agree. I think having that goal in and of itself is a survival skill.
0: Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I couldn't help but think I have to go back and re-watch Guess Which Movie. Um, Gravity? I would, I would never go back and watch Gravity. And in fact, I wish I hadn't seen it the first time. <laughs> Next. <laughs> go ahead. Solaris? No, come on. This is so obvious. Apollo 13. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Come on. You should have had that right away. That just has the
1: magic of duct tape.
0: Exactly. Now tell me all right, now we're going to move a little bit into the movie. Tell me, do you really think that
1: this movie is a comedy? Oh, are you alluding to the Golden Globe nominations? Yes.
0: Well, I'm alluding to the entire hubbub about it. I mean, I don't.
1: Did you think it was. Funny? I'm not sure I would categorize the entire movie as a comedy, but that brings up a point that I definitely wanted to make. Do you remember when we were reviewing Sicario? And I said that movie would have been heightened even more if there had been a little levity, especially knowing how comedic Emily Blunt can be. I thought the book and the movie did a fantastic job of making Mart Watley's character have such a good sense of humor because in these completely dire circumstances, you would hear him make a joke, total gallows humor, but that really worked for me.
0: You know, it's so funny because I'm so glad you brought up Sicario <laughs> so I can slip in what I forgot to say when you said that then. Is there what, and I did say there was humor, but the, you know, when, when her partner says to her, don't you want to take a shower? before you,
1: and uh-huh. she goes, what,
0: I'm, I'm, dry. you know, that's humor. There was humor in that, in Sicario. I just want to there say that. Could have, yeah.
1: There could have been more. And I think it would have been even better because I thought Ridley Scott did a fantastic job as did Andy Weir in the book of just sprinkling in that humor. So you could ride a roller coaster of emotions of, Oh, mentally he's okay. Oh no, dire circumstances again. It gave us totally true.
0: Totally true. But that's exactly what Star Wars did too. the humor in Star Wars is the exact same humor, but it doesn't make Star Wars a comedy. And this is not a comedy. I'm just I just want to go on record as saying that we don't have to belabor it. So do you think
1: that the movie is worth seeing if you love the book? If you loved the book and you're drawn to that kind of story and that genre, I think the movie is absolutely worth it. Uh I think Ridley Scott, and again, this is my same reaction to Room. When I read Room, I thought, how are they going to make this visually interesting two people trapped in a room? Ridley Scott achieved the same thing when he made Matt Damon's journal a visual video diary.
0: This will come as quite a shock to my crewmates. And to NASA. End of the entire world. But I'm still alive. Surprise.
1: And included things like interval recording to speed up the passage of time and the motion that our eye sees. He encapsulated that visually so well. Interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah. I thought Matt Damon is very good in it, by the way. I do. I think you know. And I think Matt Damon is a great actor. I think he's a thoughtful, intelligent actor. Mm -hmm. And I think he was able to carry it very, very... He didn't overplay it. He didn't over-dramatize it. But he didn't underdramatize it either. He and was
1: perfectly cast. He was when really Martian, well cast. When the Martian started out, I thought, "Oh, this is just like Born Identity." Matt Damon is alone, floating. He needs to pull bullets out of his torso and drop them in a metal pan, and then staple himself together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know <laughs> he was, that's really he was true, very right? well cast. Right, right, right.
1: Um, now you told me that the Martian was Obama's favorite movie of 2015. I did. Yes, and
0: I well, thought. I mean, it's not like he told me that privately, I (laughs) read. Yes, when when Barack and I were chatting while we were brushing each other's hair, to quote The Devil Wears Prada. Before he agreed uh, to just let you live alone on Mars. I did read that that was his favorite movie. Well,
1: it's so interesting that you say that because I've read that of the Presidential Movie Library, the most requested movie by seated U.S. presidents is High Noon. And they said that's so interesting that you have this character played by Gary Cooper, where they said being president must be a very lonely job. And it's interesting that Obama picked The Martian where Matt Damon is left alone on Mars.
0: Yeah, I can understand why that worked for him. But here's the thing. I kept thinking about book club, right? Now, I've been in a number of book clubs in my life. I did think that this would be a great co-ed book club uh, choice because I think... It must have cost, let's say, a trillion dollars to go get him. Is an, an American wife, a life worth a trillion dollars? <sighs> I think it is, by the way. But, I mean, I just think there's so many cool things you could bring up for discussion around this book.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, when is – does is there ever a moment to to acknowledge defeat? You know, because, by the way – you know, we know that certain personality traits make a person behave one way versus another, mm-hmm. and clearly uh, many people would have approached the moment when he was real- when he realized he was left behind. It would be at least four years, and he only had 30, or what is it, 90 days left or something in the pod? Um, I-, I forget the numbers exactly, but there were some people who would have just said, okay, I'm going to make amazing tapes, and I'm going to say goodbye to people properly. They would never have believed that they should try to survive it. And one kind of character or personality trait says you should, and another one would say, I'm not going to even try.
1: And And it did a great job of portraying that. Because he, he was trying exactly. to survive, exactly. he became the foremost expert on life on Mars. And Exactly! The book, the book and the movie did a great job of saying he's the first I to know. grow a plant yep. on Mars, so he's technically colonized the planet. He did. He or did. the fact that he he's really did. a space pirate because he's in and out of international jurisdiction.
0: No matter what happens, tell the world, tell my family, I never stopped fighting
1: to make it home.
0: So anyway, I think it would be fun to go around the book club group and determine what your approach would have been. Would you be the one who said, I'm just going to make sure I leave something behind here for my family so they can see how much I cared about them. Or, I mean, I don't, I, how would you have approached it if you really believed that it was going to take four more years to get back and there's no way you had the provisions to survive?
1: And yet, that mentality that makes one an astronaut, which is yeah, not an true. easy job to pursue, I'm hoping that their yeah. love of exploration would trump all else because. You it know, is- yeah,
0: I who am afraid of a thir- 737, you know. I- <laughs> You know, a nonstop from here to L.A. is a trauma for me. I can imagine that I'm not the personality that would be sitting up there going, well, I need to survive and how will I do it? I would be going, I shouldn't have come. And why did you make me?
1: Well, you know, it's funny, Hollister, because one of my friends is married to a rocket scientist at NASA. And he was one of the team that helped get the Land Rover on Mars. So Uh I went to visit them once, and he sent me directions on how to get there so we could all meet up. And I opened up the attachment in my email, and this map was a thing of beauty. I swear, (laughs) it was 3D and highlighted (laughs) with arrows. And so my friend said, well, you do realize he has to explain to people how to get to Mars and I was like okay if he can get to Mars I should be able to find Virginia. Yeah take a left
0: <laughs> turn at the moon and then make a right and then you know whatever. Exactly.
1: But you know I thought the book and the movie did a really good job too of underscoring the risk of rescue in any situation. Last year I was reading of all things it was the AAA newsletter and they were talking about how many rescue workers are killed on the side of the road when people's cars break down or ambulance But that's why you're
0: always supposed to stop in front of the car you're trying to help. Yes. Never behind it. And stand on the, on the not on the the, the roadside. And there are rules. I know those rules, and I would never break them. Never, exactly. never, Exactly.
1: And you realize that if someone gets lost on a mountaintop and they send in the rescue teams, if there is a fire and people have to fly those helicopters and try to put out the brush fires, there is such a risk to their lives. And this book and the movie, it, it brought up so many philosophical questions because there is this underlying human need to help. But do you risk a greater number of crew members to try to save one. Exactly. It is exactly. kind of like that mountaineering situation where if somebody slips and you're belted together, do you cut the rope to try to save your own life and see them fall to their own demise? Um, but even that question, when I, when it came up in the book and they said, well, how come they haven't notified the crew that he's still alive? And they said, it's going to take them hundreds of days longer just to get back to Earth, which is not an easy thing to do. We need to have them stay focused because do you want to be the person person to let them know that they left right. him behind that hadn't right. occurred to me you know okay
0: so I'm going to ask you a question before we wrap up book or movie and you're not allowed to say both I mean, you can't go to your middle of the road O'Toole
1: right I'm gonna go with movie
0: it's so funny me too I love the visuals of it and I thought that it would greatly enhance the storyline so we both Agree on that. Uh, I think. I think the movie, for sure. And the
1: movie did bring out the best lines. I thought it was very true to the book. And Matt Damon's delivery of the lines I thought was spot on. So even when we thought he was about to say something much more dire, and he's complaining about the iPod of the astronaut left behind, where all he has to listen to is 70s disco music. (laughs) And he said, You know, rest assured, I am not going to be turning the beat around. I thought he was fantastic in the the role.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Love to hear percussion. Yeah, great song, great now, song, but not not where you want to be. For did sure, you notice for sure. where
1: it was filmed?
0: Uh, no, of course. What, what you mean in the
1: credits? <laughs>
0: did well, I notice? No. it's funny no.
1: because I, as I saw those Martian landscapes, I thought, I wonder where they filmed this. And Wait,
0: my, d- don't count. Was in the d- desert, perhaps? Yes, it was. Good oh, guess. Oh, what a Good surprise! Guess there, was it in
1: Arizona, maybe, or New Mexico? No, it could have been, but in fact, it was Jordan. Oh. Oh, good. I'm
0: glad Jordan got some of this business. So good for them.
1: You know, not to spoil any kind of plot, so people can stop listening right here if they expect it to have a sad, tragic ending, but I thought it was an interesting twist at the end that Ridley Scott had the female commander be the one that ultimately brought Matt Damon back into yeah, the... Yeah, because yeah. Because in the book, that well, wasn't the case, right? Well, you just did do right? a major plot. What are you talking about? Of course it spoils the plot. Oh. But in the book, it was the male crew member that brought him in. It wasn't... I mean, in the book, the commander was female, but she wasn't the one that ultimately brought him in. Well, you know what? We're,
0: this is called progress. Definitely called progress. So, there but, you go. you know,
1: go. Ridley Scott is the director who brought us Thelma and Louise well there you go Thelma and Louise from Thelma and Louise to the Martian love it do you know another reason why I totally have to applaud Ridley Scott he gave us a wonderful gift in the world of TV
0: I can't imagine.
1: <laughs> he brought us Kalinda. Oh, okay. He is one of the executive producers of The Good Wife, and he had oh, worked here with we her. we go back
0: to The Good Wife. Yes, okay. but see, it all
1: comes back to Kalinda. We've gone uh, yeah. full circle. He worked with her on his film A Good Year. She was in it. And so he got Kalinda to join the cast of The Good Wife. That is a gift, truly. Okay, well, there he goes. And were you excited to see Kate Mara? I know you enjoyed her performance on House of Cards. i
0: I love to see her anytime, so yes, absolutely. And
1: conveniently, Jessica Chastain was still available up in space from her role in Interstellar. Okay, (laughs) and
0: have you noticed that since Sorkin brought him into the newsroom, who is getting a ton of play in many movies and doing an amazing job of rising to each one?
1: Jeff Daniels.
0: I'm not risking their lives. It's bigger than one person. No.
1: so Yeah, he was great. Didn't you think it was good? That's such a good role for him because he's got so yeah. much gravitas and it's a lot of dialogue to learn. Yeah, and... there was a lot. Yeah.
0: So thanks again to Lit Lovers. We love being a partner with you. We can't wait to see what we're going to do in January. So hop on over to the movie. Wishing you all a very happy holiday.